This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Today, we'll talk about polling for the Democratic Party not looking so good. Shocking. Oregon considering a gun control measure that would be the strictest in the nation. Germany is planning for an energy crisis overseas and more. But first, did you know we're on a mission to make magazines great again here at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network? That's right. So you need to subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book like experience, packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope. Elon Musk, and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politic is not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle in joy at God's wondrous world. So, sign up today. Four issues and 60 bucks per year. That's all. 60 a year. And go to fightlaughfeast.com right now to sign up. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you sign up for a club membership and for our conference? You can do it all right there, fightlaughfeast.com. Now, back to that polling number that I talked about. New poll shows virtual tie between parties as GOP surges among Hispanics. To the absolute despair of the Democratic Party, a new poll finds that the surge of support among Hispanics for the Republican Party has grown so strong that a virtual tie exists between support for the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Garrison, is that really such a big deal? Uh, Just wait, just wait. Evidence has been building for the seismic shift among Hispanics for months. In May, a nationwide poll by Quinnipiac showed President Biden's approval rating among Hispanics at 26%, as opposed to the 2020 presidential election when he secured two-thirds of the Hispanic vote. Quote, Biden is less popular among Hispanics than any other demographic, including age and gender. That's according to Fox News. A paltry 27% of Hispanics approved of Biden's economic policies, a percentage even lower than the 32% of Americans nationwide. Hispanics ranked inflation as the most pressing issue concerning them. In March, Axios reported that their poll showed inflation had replaced COVID as the major source of concern among Hispanics. Quote, getting prices under control is very clearly the number one priority for the majority of Hispanics and Latinos, and it underscores the challenges Biden is facing now, Ipsos pollster Chris Jackson acknowledged. He continued, there is not really a single issue that's super dominant, but we're seeing a shift from a focus on COVID and COVID-related issues, much more to inflation, cost pressures, supply chain breakdowns, etc., and you can bet they're going to be trying to, uh, the media that is, is going to be trying to pump up that COVID fear factor again as we approach uh, the wintertime. For Republicans to come anywhere near parity with the Democrats is a stunning turn of events in the recent political fabric of the United States. Here's how much. In 2016, Republican nominee Donald Trump won 29% of the Hispanic vote, while Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton won 65% of the Hispanic vote. How about 2012? Republican nominee Mitt Romney won 27%, while Barack Obama won 71%. In 2008, 67% of Hispanics voted for Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Only 31% 
voted for Republicans John McCain and Sarah Palin. According to Latino USA in 2004, the Republican nominee George W. Bush reached the high water mark for his for his party since 1980, garnering 40% of the vote. But even then, his opponent John Kerry secured 58% of the vote. The Republican presidential candidate received 35% of the Hispanic vote in 2000, 21% in 1996, 25 in 1992, 30 in 1998, 37 in 1984, and 35 in 1980. You get the picture? Right now, Republicans are looking at 44% support rate. That is the jump we're looking at, folks. And so that's probably what's got the Democratic Party a little bit worried heading into uh, some important elections coming up. Hey, speaking of Democrats, let's let's focus on Biden a little bit here. Biden made false claims that Inflation Reduction Act will only raise taxes on those making $400,000 plus. President Biden has claimed that the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will not raise taxes on individuals making less than $400,000 a year. But according to data released by Republicans on the Senate Finance Committee, the president's claims are false and misleading. What? That's crazy. This is according to the Daily Wire. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will lower health care costs for millions of Americans and for the first time in a long time make the largest corporations pay their fair share. Can you guess who's tweeting this out? This is Biden. Without any new taxes on people making under $400,000 a year, he claimed in a tweet on Sunday. However, data conducted by the nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation, the JCT, shows that taxes will increase for everyone, except those making between $10,000 and $30,000 per year. I identify as that, just to be clear. I identify that. Anyways, according to the JCT data reported by the outlet, those making under $10,000 will see a 3% increase on their federal taxes. Those making between $30,000 and $75,000 will see a 1% increase. Those making between $75,000 and $100,000, a 2% increase. And those making between $100,000 and $500,000, a 3% increase. Those making between $500,000 and a million, a 5% increase. And lastly, those making over a million will see a 6% increase. After analyzing the new bill, Penn Wharton researchers released a study that found that the Inflation Reduction Act will cause inflation to increase till at least 2024, and GDP won't see an increase until 2050. My goodness. Republican Senator John Corrin of Texas slammed President Biden's tweet on Sunday and says it puts hardworking taxpayers under an even tighter microscope. Quote, it will subsidize the wealthy at the expense of working families, raise taxes on workers making as little as 10K a year, and unleash an army of IRS agents on taxpayers, Corn wrote. Oh, and it won't reduce inflation anytime soon. End quote. Well, on that cheery note, let's shift our eyes to Oregon. Oregonians to vote on gun control measure opponent calls strictest in the nation. Why is that not surprising? Oregonians will soon vote on a ballot measure that opponents say could virtually end the legal sale of firearms in the state, making it one of the strictest gun control measures ever proposed in the nation. This according to Leonard Williamson, a committee member who opposes the measure. If voters approve measure 114, the Changes to Gun Ownership and Purchase Requirements Initiative, a permit would be required to obtain any firearm. Magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds would be outlawed. Some commonly used pump shotguns would be banned because they can exceed the 10-round limit. And state police would be required to maintain a searchable public database of all permit applications. 
Arguments on both sides of the issue began in earnest on July 26 as a five-person committee compromising two members who helped to draft and promote the citizen-driven ballot measure, another who supports it, and two who oppose it, met to write the 500-word explanatory statement that will appear in the Voter's Guide this fall. The committee got off to a contentious start as the only statement considered had been provided by proponents. Those opposing the measure called their language misleading. The measure would enact a law requiring a permit issued by a local law enforcement agency to purchase any firearm. Applicants would have to pay a fee, be fingerprinted, complete safety training, and pass a criminal background check. In addition, the applicant must complete a hands-on demonstration of basic firearms handling to qualify. In order to obtain the permit, an applicant would have to show up with a firearm to demonstrate the ability to load, fire, unload, and store the firearm, Williamson, an Oregon trial attorney specializing in firearms law, told the Epoch Times. But you can't get a firearm without the permit. And under Oregon's highly restrictive gun storage laws, no one can legally loan a firearm to another. That creates sort of an impassable barrier. Opponents claim that the permit and training programs also create an unfunded mandate with no enforcement measures. The measure does not estimate the cost or analyze its impact on small local police departments. The Oregon State Sheriff's Association has estimated that even if a person could somehow complete the required training, the the permitting process could cost sheriffs almost $40 million annually. But nothing in the measure provides any funding, and the fees included would not come close to covering the costs. With how dumb our bloated government is getting, make sure your kids are receiving a quality education. No, 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 no. Not any of those public institutions. How about NSA? New St. Andrews. Today's culture shifts like sand. But New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom. Thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom, find out more at nsa.edu. One of our corporate sponsors, who, by the way, just confirmed to me they're going to be at the conference and want to stop by their booth. Germany, let's go overseas now. Germany prepares for impending energy crisis, shuts off warm water, and lighting. Nice. The German city of Hanover is now scrambling to reduce its energy consumption by 15%. The German government will prevent Hanover's municipal buildings from using heating that exceeds a temperature of 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Additionally, the city has also banned mobile air conditioning units and fan heaters as the energy crisis looms. As somebody who just bought a mobile air conditioning unit, my goodness, that's terrible. The city's residents will also need to adapt by taking cold showers at city-run facilities. How much longer till that's at their home? Hanover will also shut off hot water in public buildings, swimming pools, and gyms. Hanover mayor and Green Party member Belit One says the situation is unpredictable. Every kilowatt hour counts, and protecting critical infrastructure has to be priority, One said. We are facing hard times due to the Russian aggression on Ukraine. Everybody seems quick to blame Russia, but uh, I'm I'm skeptical of that. And as we see, there's a looming gas shortage. This is a major challenge for municipalities, he added. I think everyone, not only the municipalities, the federal government also, and also every single person in Germany, is needed for this. It's a team effort, guys. We're suffering in this together. Everyone has to save energy as much as possible so we can get through the winter. 
on Zay said. Otherwise, in December or January, we will have a much bigger problems than lighting or showers. However, the shutdown is not just happening in Hanover. Last week, the German city of Munich announced plans to shut off spotlights on its town hall. According to reports, warm water was also shut off in the city's municipal offices. Meanwhile, fountains in Germany's third largest city are to be shut off at night in Nuremberg. Nuremberg. There we go. Three of its four public indoor swimming pools were also closed. The Financial Times reported, Venovia, the county, uh, the country's largest res- residential landlord, said it would lower the temperature of its tenants' gas central heating to 17 Celsius, or 62 degrees Fahrenheit, between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. A housing association in the Saxon town of Dispoldiswalde, near the Czech border, went a step further this week, saying it is rationing hot water supply to tenants from now on they can only take hot showers between 4 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m., and 9 p.m. The district of Lonsdil also shut off water in 86 schools and 60 gyms until mid-September. Last week, Berlin's state voted, uh, Berlin's Senate voted to switch off lighting that illuminates 200 buildings, monuments, and landmarks in the German capital to save energy. My goodness, tough times in Germany. And folks, before we wrap up today's news, I've got to get my sports in there. Christian NWSL player, this is women's soccer, misses game over refusal to wear pride jersey. Good on her. A player from the National Women's Soccer League chose to miss a game on Friday night instead of wearing the pride jersey her team was scheduled to wear. Jalene Daniels, a Christian and defender for the Carolina Courage, She's showing courage here. Cited her commitment to faith when explaining her decision to miss the game due to the pride-themed jerseys. Quote, I remain committed to my faith and my desire for people to know that my love for them isn't based on their belief system or sexuality, she wrote on social media. I pray and firmly believe that my teammates know how much I cherish them, respect them, and love them. End quote. The courage, however, said they were disappointed by Daniel's decision. Jalene will not be rostered tonight as she has made the decision to not wear our pride jersey, the team said via ESPN. While we're disappointed with her choice, we respect her right to make that decision for herself. We're excited to celebrate the LGBTQIA+. My gosh, it just gets longer and longer, community. With our fans, players, and staff tonight and look forward to hosting our first ever pride festival before kickoff. This is not the first time Daniels has chosen principle over career enhancement. In 2017, the defender turned down an offer to play for the U.S. women's national team due to the team's plan to wear pride-themed jerseys. Heck, I wouldn't want to play with Megan Rapinoe either. (laughs) So, good on you, Jalene. Good on you. That's showing courage right there. Gabe, let's get her on our show. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me, would you? If you want to become a club member, sign up for our conference, or become a magazine subscriber, you can do all of that at FightLaughFeast.com. Why not do all three at once? And as always, if you want to become a corporate partner, send me a news story or ask me about our conference. Email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Harding. Have a great day and Lord bless.